the playoffs are stressful. You live, you die with every possession. Watching your team have to battle not only the opposition, but sometimes some refereeing, it can be frustrating. But you know what? Every now and then, you have a game like tonight that is just fun, especially in that fourth quarter. The first three quarters of this game, Matthew, were kind of ticky-tacky, kind of frustrating, kind of, what the fuck is going on? And that fourth quarter was just beautifully magical, my friend. Yeah, that's why the Suns, I think, has held it together. Through the, th- the first three quarters, you know, it could have got away from them. It, they could have just been down their luck. They could have actually gotten into it with the refs even more, but they didn't. They, they managed to keep making their twos, bring the defense back a little bit in the second half. And then we all know what happened in the fourth quarter. I mean, Chris, Chris Paul Chris happened. Paul. Chris Paul happened again. How many times are we going to see this? I don't even know. Ugh, dude, I, I just don't even know what to say anymore. I don't. Lost for words. Fantastic. Just unbelievably fantastic. The way that Chris Paul dominated as he has a couple times so far in this playoffs. That fourth quarter got the team behind him. And then next thing you know, they're outscoring the Dallas Mavericks in the fourth by a final score uh, of 40 to 26 in that quarter alone. So uh, unbelievable game. These are the fun ones, Matthew. You know, these are the fun ones. As cousin will says in the chat, he says six down Barbosa to go. We're 10 wins away from a title. Thank you. Cousin will for that nine 99 in the super chat. We truly appreciate that. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're consuming this content. If you want to become an elite jamster, simply massage that join button, if you will. Click the thumbs up button while you're here, too, if you're watching along live on YouTube or a little bit later. And if you'd like to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll we'll read it right here on the pod. And again, subscribe. 33% of all of our viewers are non subscription based viewers. So if you're one of that 33%, just hit the subscribe button. Help, help us out. Those little things go a long way to help us put out this content that we love to do. So uh, a great win for the Phoenix suns. They're up two nothing in the series against the, the Dallas Mavericks. They shot a franchise best 65% from the field in this game, set a franchise record tonight relative to, uh, field goal percentage. They've defeated the Dallas Mavericks now 11 straight times, Matthew. If you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, how much do you hate the fucking Suns? <laughs> yeah, you hate them. You wish you would have chose Aiton with the first pick, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. what they're thinking. They're like, we should have traded down to get DeAndre Aiton. Or else maybe just went to a Chris Paul and free agency. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? One of those. <laughs> or a trade for him. Whatever it was. Something or other. But I'll tell you, I mean, complete ownage for quite some time now, which brings us to chugging with the sickos. Mm-hmm. Matthew, what are you Let's chugging tonight? Water. Mystery sauce again. Chugging with water. the sickos. Another win for your Phoenix Suns. Down it if you got it, Suns fans. Doesn't it ever get old? Does it ever get old? old. Let's talk about this fantastic victory for your Phoenix Suns.
a dominating win by your Phoenix Suns. A 20-point victory in Game 2 for the Phoenix Suns. And we know where we're going with this one. No, I'm not starting with the referees. Matthew, I got to ask. I got to ask. If Reggie Miller was stuck on an island and only could bring one thing with him, do you think it'd be Luka Doncic? (laughs) I was going to say, is it Luka Doncic? (laughs) Yeah, you know. That's his flotation device to get off of the island. And hold on. We got to bring out the new segment. All right. If you do new drop, y'all Yeah, new drop. Let's see how this one plays out. Reggie says. (laughs) Oh, very good. Made in two seconds in between commercials. Um, (laughs) uh, Just some things he throws out there because we're going to be on a ride with Reggie. All right. We're going to be on a ride with him throughout the playoffs. So we might as well have a segment because we're going to be talking about him a lot. Um, but yeah, Doncic, there's absolutely no one that can guard him on this team when DA was guarding him early in the first quarter. And DA does a good job. I think even last game, 40 whatever points from Doncic doesn't matter because he lost the game. Mm-hmm. The Suns play really good defense against him. I don't care how many points he scores. And Reggie says no one can guard him. Of course, I, it's hard to guard a superstar in the NBA, but the Suns do just as good as anybody else. Probably the best out of any team against Doncic. And Cameron Johnson had a few bad takes against him defensively after that. Yes. Cameron Johnson did really good in the second half. So it's just funny to say that. And the other thing that he did throw out there was trying to put some wood on Devin Booker. That was a that was a pick from Berton. So I guess Berton's trying to throw some wood at him. I guess he must know about our big dick book mm-hmm. uh, segment or something on here. So uh yeah, I mean Reggie Miller would bring Luca, right? I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> Reggie says, yeah, Reggie says too much. And you're right. You know, for those of you who follow us on Twitter, uh, we do halftime Twitter spaces where Matthew and I hop on Twitter and we just talk about what we uh, are viewing in that first half. And that's one of the things Mm -hmm. that obviously we talked about. And Matthew said in that Twitter space that he was going to premiere a new segment. Reggie says, because you're right. We're going to be hanging out with Reggie Miller throughout the duration of this Western Conference run. And we're going to hear him say some stupid shit. And he said a lot of stupid shit. And the way that he talked about Luka Doncic in this game, I mean, it was just an unbelievably outpouring of just love and admiration for everything that Luka Doncic does. And I'll tell you this, when your usage rate is what Luka Doncic's usage rate is, guess what? You're probably have an opportunity to put up some amazing statistics, right? So Luka in this game ends with a total of 35 points. He was 13 of 22 from the field, 5 of 10 from beyond the arc, had 7 assists, and 5 total rebounds. He was a negative 28 tonight. Mm -hmm. The Suns' strategy has become apparent, and yes, I probably will be writing a piece for Brightside about this one. This is what they're going to do. They're going to let Luka get tired with offensive orchestration in the first half, and then... They're going to unmercifully attack him on the defensive end in the second half. And you saw that in the fourth quarter, the way that Chris Paul consistently ran actions to get Luka Doncic on him and then just put him in the washing machine and twirled him around so he didn't know which way was up and scored at will. And the reason for that is because he was tired. And you saw it in the third quarter. You know, if you look at the statistics for Luka in the third quarter, slowed down immensely after a first half in which he scored 24 points, he only had two points in the 10 minutes played in that third quarter. He had only one assist. He was one of three from the field. 
And it's one thing that you and I talked about on the Twitter space at halftime was Luke is getting kind of everything he wants because the Suns were running a lot of soft switches against him in this game, right? And what that means essentially is they played a lot of drop defense and Mikhail Bridges wasn't fighting through any screens. If Luka Doncic wanted to do a kind of a quick switch and get somebody on him, whoever he wanted to do, he did. And that was the Suns' strategy the first half. And then once he starts to funnel himself towards the paint, they start to body him up a little bit more, make it a little bit more difficult from him because we have the length from our wings to defend him. And it ultimately tired him out. And then in the second half, a lot more aggressive switching and then attacking him on the defensive end. Great strategy. It it was awesome. And when the Suns were allowing the Mavericks to pretty much make every three in in the second, it didn't seem as scary. You know, at Twitter spaces, we didn't seem as like nervous. You know, it was a, what was it? A two point lead, a half or four point lead by the Mavericks. Yeah, two, two point and a half, two point. So it wasn't something where it's like, Oh no, what's, what's going to happen? You know, Lucas draining threes. It, it's kind of like the Suns are letting them, you know, just get it all out of their system. All those threes, get them all out of there. Then when it comes to second half and especially the fourth quarter, will really hit you at your weakness, which is of course, Luca, when he's tired and you're saying he's tired, it's like, I know the usage rate is up there, but Luca isn't getting to the rim as much. It seems like well, he's trying to. The Suns aren't fouling him either. They're laying off of him. They're trying mm-hmm. to. They're trying to make him like make the basket. And the way the way that Luca is when he gets to the rim, he's trying to draw the foul every time. Yes. yes. And if you watch the difference between him and what Chris Paul did in the fourth quarter, Paul gets all his shots off not trying to draw a foul. Right. He has good clean looks because he's he's evading he's evading the the defender. So. The other thing that Luca does, the opposite, basically, where Luca will try to draw the contact. And when the Suns don't give him that, he is so bad at making those shots. A lot of them are bricks, and he has to turn around and try to find someone with yes. seven turnovers and throw it out of bounds. He's doing the same thing again. And if Luca can just figure out how to make his shots by not trying to draw contact other than the, the step back three, Mm-hmm. then he'd be unstoppable. But right now when he's trying to draw the contact and the Suns aren't giving it to him and the refs aren't, cause they're not, there's no fouls, a couple no. maybe that they actually called, but the Suns are fouling him. So he doesn't know what to do. Right. And he gets frustrated. He's yelling at the fans. The fans are yelling back at him, but yeah. why is that news? Everybody's. It was the way he entered stopped. that arena. Did you see everyone's that? Yelling, <laughs> yeah. The yeah, way he like, he, so for those of you who didn't watch the game, one, what the fuck's wrong with you? Watch the game. And two, Luke, yeah, we watch us and we'll explain it. Luke is going to the locker room at the end of the third quarter uh, to go get some sort of uh, Botox injection or something. And as he's walking, he stops and he turns because <laughs> some fan was chirping at him. They were, and they said yeah, they were chirping yeah. at him the whole time. And you're right. The way that the Suns don't put contact on Luca when he's seeking it, because we have length. We are switchable yeah. and we have length and we are beating him to his spots and we're putting him in situations where lesser teams would foul or be overly aggressive because they feel like they have him and we're not and he's looking for contact. And when you're looking for contact, like that's one of the issues with campaign sometimes, right? Is he seeks out contact so much that he's missing the, the bunny layups. And it's like, dude, just focus on the layups. If the contact's there, it'll happen. And that's been kind of the strategy with Luka Doncic through two games is like, yeah, go for 35, go for 45. You know, take the majority of the team shots, uh, but we're going to tire you down. So you are no longer a master facilitator in that second half. We're going to wear you down. And unlike game one, the team didn't let off the gas at all in the second half in the fourth quarter. And we win by 20. We could have won the last game by 20 if we didn't let our foot off the gas. And a lot of Mavericks fans, you know, I read a lot of their threads. I go to MavsMoneyBall.com. Obviously, I was on the subreddit, which we'll do the subreddit stakeout here in a little bit. 
And I know that they're shook and they're scared because they know that the Phoenix Suns didn't uh, or, or didn't really complete the game last time. And we completed the yeah. game this this game. And it was behind the efforts of the one and only point god, one Christopher, I don't know his middle name, Paul. The point god. What was interesting about Chris Paul in this game is how the Mavericks initially started the game and they were focused on bodying up CP3, right? They were doing what the Suns have kind of done to Luka now for the last two games is put Chris Paul in a lot of the defensive actions. They're running, I mean, he, everything he had to do in the first half was run through screens. They were bodying him up. Reggie Bullock, who is it Bullock or Bullock? Bullock, Kevin Harlan, Bullock like his locks of turds on his head. I, <laughs> I guess so, because <laughs> Kevin Harlan kept Bullock. It's like, yeah. it, it's, it's like bull is B U L L. And then, then he says like another L bull lock. It should just mm -hmm. be Bullock, but whatever. But Bullock was pressuring him full court when he could not nearly at the same rate or with the same pestering attitude that the new Orleans Pelicans did. But that was their focus at the beginning of the day was we're going to play physical and we're going to body up CP three. And we're going to try to wear him down. They didn't stay committed to it. And that, you know, like, nearly as much as New Orleans did, right? Like when you were yeah. watching the New Orleans series and they were pestering Chris Paul and they did for did so for the entire game, weren't you like, fuck, man? And with that, when Dallas is doing it, they let off of it, right? Yeah, because they're imposters. When it comes to that, when it comes to the full court defense, they have length and stuff for perimeter defense. But when they're actually trying to do what another team's doing, it's just imposter syndrome, right? If they have to look at themselves, or well, imposter syndrome usually just means you're actually succeeding and you're looking down at yourself like, why am I here? But honestly, the thing that Dallas is doing, they're just copying what the Pelicans have done. But it doesn't work as much because Chris Paul, you know, he's given up to other guys to bring the ball down the court, which should always be the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Have multiple guys come down, just take the ball up. And the one thing that, you know, that the Mavericks, the reason they're doing this is to disrupt the offense, the half-court offense, of course, yes. for Chris Paul to bring it down and set things up. So I'm sure Monty for adjustments was like, you know what, let's just – Let's work some kinks out to where we can get the offensive flowing without him. It's not like he's just taken out of the offense, but wait for him to get down, then start to roll into something. But Chris Paul tonight, man, uh, just it's disgusting because I think that what what he's doing out there is just it's it's never really been has this ever really even been done before. I mean, if he goes through and the Suns end up winning the finals this year, and he has two or three games like this every series. I just I've never seen this from a guy, of course, his age, but in the point guard situation, like in the point guard position, right? I mean, AI was that good, but his team was so bad around him. But Isaiah Thomas had the ability. Isaiah Thomas, yeah, Isaiah Thomas had the ability the early to, one, uh, right? to take. Yes, not not the one who's currently playing in what? Charlotte. <laughs> That's Celtics the, here. The the one who in the late eighties had the ability to take over games. It was unbelievable to watch. Because I remember it as a kid, you know, I was a, I was a young lad. I was seven, eight, nine years old, and I remember I'm like this: the smallest guy on the court is dominating this game, and that's that's what's happening with Chris Paul right now. Yeah. You know, you look at his final statistics in this game. He ends with a total of 28 points. He was 11 of 16 from the field, five for five from the free throw line, one for two from beyond the arc. He had eight total assists and six rebounds. But again, it's his fourth quarter that is of note for the third time in this playoff run. Twice he scored 19 points in the fourth. Tonight he was 6 of 7 from the field, 14 total points. He had two assists. He assisted or scored on the first 19 points of the fourth quarter for the Phoenix Suns. What he's doing 
is just unbelievable at his age. I mean, let's just face it. You know, Steve Nash at the back end of his, his career was so dog tired because the the way the Suns rode him uh, yeah. by by the by the Western Conference Final, he was toast. The way the CP3 paces a game is unlike anything I've ever seen. You see it throughout the game where, to your point, other guys are taking it up, taking the ball up, doing art, doing different things to start the actions, and it's really kind of minimal the impact that CP3 has to have on this team because his team's so good, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, with AI, AI had to do everything because his team was that bad, and they went to the finals that one year when, like, Eric Snow had a great year. You know, and and Matumbo and whatnot, but his yes, as Mario Lopez says, his size and his age combined to do what he's doing right now is unbelievably bonkers. And I am so happy to sit back and watch it. And we watched it all during the regular season, but to see it happen like this in the playoffs with with it on the line is just like cherish these moments, Suns fans. These are the moments that years from now you're gonna we're gonna look back and talk about what CP3 did in the playoffs in the fourth quarter because it's unbelievable. And I wish Reggie Miller would talk a little bit more about that instead of he went while Luka Doncic is getting schooled. He's like, yeah, he doesn't even look tired there, Kevin. It's like, dude, he just gave up another dude. fucking layup to yeah. CP3. You know, and the thing is, is like you're saying this about a guy that's played the majority of the year, came in out of shape, and then you're just talking about the second series. If he's going to be tired, it's like, I know he's the whole team, but still he's – there's a lot of mistakes out there by Doncic, but the thing is Chris Paul earns everything that is said about him on the broadcast. It's never talked about until it actually happens. You know, when he's actually taking over a game, then it's Chris Paul time. Right. But the thing is with Luca, it's like you hear about it throughout the whole game, whether he's throwing turds yeah. or not, it's just Luca, Luca, Luca. So that's the thing that is annoying, but I don't really care. The thing I don't care either. With, we got the dub. Exactly. And with Chris Paul really taking over, it just really overshadows the other guys on the team, especially DeAndre Aiden, did he even play the fourth? No. Devin Booker, did he even play this game? Nah, well, he he kind of did. He, he, he did he, finish he it, off, it out in the fourth, yeah. He did. And he had yeah. a great third quarter. But it makes you forget about yes. what we have on the scene when a guy like this takes over because all of them can do it. Almost. Mikhail Bridges has done it. DeAndre Aiden has done it. Not like Chris Paul. And Devin Booker has done it like Chris Paul, too. Yeah, the, the efficiency, the way that he navigates the paint, it's... uh it's just it, it's fun to watch so again make sure that you're appreciating what you're seeing Suns fans because seeing Chris Paul execute be a surgeon and then do one of my favorite things that he does and that's call a timeout for the opposition it's yeah, such a that. dick move I and I love it you know I'm where he's so on up. fire he's so on fire that after he makes a shot, he turns to the Mavs bench, looks at Jason Kidd, and calls the timeout for him. It's just like, and then I feel they like call he the farts timeout. on them a lot too. I bet you Chris Paul just like I bet you he's by, a crop, crop dust. I bet you the time you walk back to your bench and all the Mavericks are walking back, he's crop dusting them all. Oh yeah, and they're sitting there he like, has to be. They're like, who got the Parmesan fries? <laughs> who got the par? Who orders a Parmesan who, fries? Who orders the whole section? <laughs> Matthew does, ladies and gentlemen. Do. That's what Matthew <laughs> does. Big Dick Booker. You know, I wrote the game preview for Right Side of the Sun, 
And one thing I talked about, one, I called a big victory for the Phoenix Suns. So I am, I will pat myself on the back for that. But two, I also called a, a very solid game for Devin Booker. We talked about it on the Twitter space at halftime. Devin Booker at, at halftime had nine points. He was four for eight from the field, and he just wasn't super involved. And I said in the Twitter space, I'm like, watch for Devin Booker to take over in this game. And in the third quarter, he did that. You know, as the Dallas Mavericks were trying to survive a, the third quarter, uh, they ended up scoring 23 total points. Devin Booker ended that quarter alone uh, with, I'm trying to pull it up, boom shakalaka. He had 12 points on four of eight shootings. So he just doubled essentially what he did in the first half. He was two of four from beyond the arc. He ends the night with a total of 30 points on 11 of 19 shooting. I love that. That's a great clip. Five of eight from beyond the arc. He had four assists and four rebounds as well. And I really think that this was Devin Booker's, like now I'm feeling confident when Devin Booker being back after the hamstring injury. Game six against the Pelicans, he was more of a decoy. He had 13 points. The last game, he had 19 points. We really didn't need him to go off, uh, but his shooting percentage really wasn't there. Tonight, he looked fantastic, Matthew. Yeah, I think so in the second half. Uh, Book looked really good in the second half. Of course, when starting the game, he he looked really swell. Uh, starting the second half, what did he have? Uh, eight straight points for the Suns, right? Yeah. So, you know, he ended the third strong, at, finished the third strong. But also just, you know, the rebound he had with the putback, that was huge in the third quarter. Um, it was something yeah. where we realize now that Booker does other things and the grabbing that big board with the pick with the put back was huge. The next possession he's guarded double team, throw it out to, I think it was sham it wide open for three. Mm-hmm. Then it's a perfect pass cross court. He, he was so overshadowed tonight. It was a quiet 30 by him. And the only thing that I can say is it, he needs to get better as alley oops because he has so many opportunities with his alley oops and he just misses them every time. So if he could just fix that one thing, you know, it would be awesome. But other than that, it was a good game by him, man. It really was. But it's just still 30 points, whatever. It still doesn't seem like the same book to me. It's still a good game by him. I'm just saying it doesn't feel like the same book yet. So I'm not there yet. Let's see. I think on the road, he's going to put up some really great stats. Yes. And some really good teams. But, but, like, but that's like, why tonight is such a great night for him. Because he's getting primed for that big 45-point performance on the road ending, yeah yes you know pointing at, at the Mavs fans yes. and chirping with them and such he needs that right mm-hmm. um but I think we'll see that it just I'm not saying he played bad and I just I need a little bit of that book I don't know what it is it's just not the same thing yet uh I agree I still 30 points is is great oh, but a lot of it was really in garbage good. time yeah. you know yeah uh that I just I think he he was vital in that bridge that was the third quarter where we come into that quarter we're down by two and the Suns outscore the Mavericks by eight points, 31 to 23. And that's behind the efforts of one Devin Armani Booker. Uh, and he, it, it was, it was tag team tonight. It was, I'm going to attack the opposition. Chris, now you attack. Now you're going to take a seat with five minutes left in the game. I'm going to finish this bitch off. Isn't and that we're crazy? good. Yeah. It's just, it's boom, boom, boom. You know, because when you look at the Mavs, they just don't have the depth. We knew this coming into the series. They play like an eight-man rotation. It's more of a seven-man rotation. With the fouls, which we'll talk about here momentarily, with the way that the fouls were being called in this game, everybody on both sides was in foul trouble. We'll talk about in the subreddit stakeout. I think that's when we can really spend some time talking about the the fouls. Uh, But because of that, this is a team that just doesn't have the depth. So if you, you can outlast them and you can continue to throw those blows... 
And that's what they were doing. They were just throwing haymakers, and they didn't have the uh, the ability to recover because they're a team that likes to shoot the three ball, but they're not the best when it comes to the percentage from three. Now, granted, uh, in this game, they ended up shooting 41% from beyond the arc, you know, but they made 17 threes and they made 19 twos. You yeah. know, that's that that's just not good balance to win a game. And that's what they get caught up in is, is continuing to chuck up those three balls. And I know what that's yeah. like because we've been on the other side of that, not so much with this team, but with Suns teams in the past where when you're down, you start chucking up threes, and when you miss, it's just super deflating. And that's what makes this Suns team so efficient, so much fun, is they stick with the game plan. They'll they'll have the possessions where they shoot their threes, but they're going to dice you up from two, and that's how they come back in games, is they just continue operating at nauseum. It's it's boring almost to see them oh, execute. The it is, it, but it's effective oh as gosh. shit. It's unbelievably, unbelievably effective, and that's Wait, why for the win. Mavericks or Suns? No, for the Suns, for the Suns. Oh, I thought you were talking about how the Dallas Mavericks just keep jacking them up. And, yeah, that's, you know, it, that's annoying as shit. It's disgusting. If you're a Mavericks fan, it's it must be just tough because you're just like either it's, it's a Luka step back or just other some bullshit where they're trying to draw a foul. Um, but dude, okay, so the Suns actually had a good night shooting the three, which is just crazy. And they yeah. actually came out. Uh, Mikael Bridges with like the FU three, which was awesome because he had a good he had the good uh running uh shot in the the first attempt was really awesome. And then his second attempt was just like FU. There's some guy in his face that shoots it over him. But that just shows you, I feel like the comfortable the comfortableness that this Suns team has with each other. So Mikhail Bridges starts the game out great. He kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. Booker didn't takes over. Then you have a little bit of Aiton in the first quarter. Then he gets in foul trouble. Then you have Biombo come in. You know, it just it's it's endless. And you're it's talking relentless. about how Dallas has nothing. Dallas does have nothing. They they have nothing. So they have to jack up the threes. And the Suns just have to wait till they're done. It's like, all right, are you finished yet? Are you finished, Bertans? All right. Are you going to get in a fight with Aiden? I'm glad Aiden threw him down on the ground that one time. And the rest didn't see it, but he just threw his ass on the ground. Yeah. He was like making a statement with that. Well, Bertans so when he has Bertans, no business being on the interior, man. Exactly. And he doesn't have any business making more than what did he finish with six points? I told you that was a career high, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he had nine. Sorry. That's his career high now. So nine points. And I'm not want to just sit here and talk shit about the Mavericks because who knows? They might win the next game. But I'm just <laughs> saying, it's, it's just so crazy how good this Suns team is depth wise. Now this series, how they actually came together because they got those good wins to end the series against the Pelicans. It kind of just rolled into this to where this season, this looks like the Suns during the regular season now, which is what we've been waiting for uh, last series. So here it is. This is it. Yeah. It's, it's a relentless offensive attack, you know, and as you mentioned, it was Devin Booker in the third quarter. It was, it was CP three in the fourth quarter and then some Devin Booker, but in the first half, it was Jay Crowder. It's Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder in the first half had 15 points. Matthew, do you know how many points he ended the game with? Uh, he had 12, right? 15. 15, my bad. I just said he had 15 in the first half. How did he end with 12? Nah. <laughs> hey, I can't multitask like you. I was trying to look something up. And then, you know, I'm, I'm all shaking my head over here. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, 12. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. He yeah. lost three points. Hey, don't listen to me. At halftime. <laughs> <laughs> he ended the night with a total of 15 points. He had zero points in the second half. But again, oh, he yeah. was the one who was 
just as as per usual, just annoying the shit out of the opposition. But his three point ability, uh, he ended the night with a total of three of five from beyond the arc. He was four of seven overall. One thing that again he was doing that was very cerebral and very smart was, <coughs> excuse me, was he was running, uh, or Luka Doncic would just come running at him and jump, and Jay Crowder like two or three times in that second quarter pump faked him up went around him and then would dish it to like Bismack and he would dunk it. And I thought that was very smart. Cause again, you're forcing Luca into these switches yeah. and then making him run and jump and expend energy in order to, and, and then it's a productive possession. So he did that a couple times. He hit his threes. Uh, he looked absolutely fantastic. what did you see from Jay Crowder tonight? Yeah, this is the Jay Crowder game. I mean, uh, two good games in a row, right? By him, he just yes. kind of finds himself in this because he has a spacing now from three. Uh, I, you know what? Actually, I take that back because last series he did have some spacing. He was just missing wide open threes, which was nasty. Uh, but he has it again this game, just like Cameron Johnson, where they're wide open for three, so you just got to knock him down. Even when Jay Crowder is covered, he's still jacking him up. But the thing is, when he's taking Luka Doncic off the dribble, Anybody can, right? If Jay Crowder can do that, anybody can. And that's where that's that's where it hurts the Mavericks because defensively they just can't hang in there. Yeah, they can get some threes, but they can't get stops. So if Jay Crowder's bringing the ball down like he does a few times for Chris Paul, setting up the offense, like you have a playmaker right there, a guy that can hit the three, a guy that can get to the rim, and you know his pass is not that bad too when he gets into the lane. It's mm-hmm. a lot to look out for for the Mavericks, and when Jay Crowder yeah. is hitting on all cylinders. It's just too much. It's too much because Jay, a lot of times we just love Jay in there because he is just like the glue. He does everything for this team, for the starting lineup. He doesn't always have the biggest numbers in the box score. But when he does, it's like, dude, like, what are you going to do with this starting lineup? So they, Jay, just keep playing so we can keep this drop going. Yeah, amen. I, it, it is one of my favorite drops. Uh, I am about to play probably my favorite drop. And the reason I'm going to play my favorite drop is because the Mavericks did make one adjustment that I thought that they would make. Uh, for those of you who, again, like to read, I write for brightsideofthesun.com, and I wrote that there was going to be three adjustments that I felt the Mavericks were going to make in game two to try to have a more productive game. You know, One of them was foc- was to try to focus more on rebounding because that's something that the, the Suns are susceptible to. Well, you look at this game, the Suns out-rebounded the Dallas Mavericks 35-25. to 25. The reason there's only 25 rebounds for the Dallas Mavericks is because, again, the Suns shot 64.5% from the field, which is just unbelievable. Uh, The other thing I thought they would do is have better perimeter defense. Well, that didn't happen. The Suns were 13 of 25 from beyond the arc, which is 52%. Mm. But the one thing that they did do that I wrote in that article was they were going to attack the interior and try to get DeAndre Ayton in foul trouble, and that they did. DeAndre Ayton in this game only ended up playing a total of 18 minutes and 29 seconds because he was in foul trouble. He was three of six from the field, had nine points and looked good. But because of one, the way that the whistle was, was out in full force tonight with the refereeing crew and two, because they were focused on trying to get him out of the game, we got, and, and JaVale McGee as well. I mean, they were attacking him too and getting him in foul trouble. We got plenty of Bismack Biombo tonight. Biz. You know, Bismack Biombo. oh my God, 4-4. Four four. He also played 18 minutes. He had 23 seconds to DeAndre Ayton's 18-29. He also had nine points, uh, three total rebounds, and I think that he had an unbelievably fantastic game. He got caught on an island a lot with Luka Doncic, and he held his own 
which is impressive. This is our third string center having to D up Luka Doncic, who I will tip my cat. He's a damn good player. He's a great offensive player. Yeah. And did Luka score on him a couple times? Yes. But the fact that he's even out there doing switchability, those are the kind of things that wear down the opposition. Great performance from Bismack Biombo tonight. Yeah. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Luka is out of shape still, man. He's still just not in shape. So don't tell that to really... Reggie Miller. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He wasn't tired. Uh, dude, be... the two feeds from Mikhail in the paint, same exact kind of plays down there to get him an easy uh, dunk. That was nice. Like, you always just see these guys coming off the bench, and Mikhail's still in the game. And Mikhail, even with Cameron Johnson, Mikhail is such a good, like, uh, assist. He's like the hockey assist, right? Mm-hmm. But he's on the uh, he's on the end of the assist, but it's really set up from the top. You give it to Mikhail on a cut, someone else cuts, and that's the next pass from Mikhail. No one really looks out for that. And Mikhail has that. Mikhail can make the next play to lead to an easier basket. Yes. So Bismack was that guy, and Bismack was also the dude protecting the rim. A nice block towards the end on, was it? Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Finney Smith Jr. Yeah, yeah, Finney Smith <laughs> Jr. It's not Finney Smith Jr. We <laughs> fucked up in the preview. People call him yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah okay. We both oh, read yeah. the comments. It's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, I mean, the thing is, like Bismack, we know these guys. Even when Ish comes in, I'm excited because I know these guys can really flow well with the offense, and they know what to do. I mean, the one time Bismack didn't mess up, mess up was when Chris Paul did take it to the rim, and he threw that lead pass that was perfect. Bismack stopped. He stopped because he's just not used to it as much, mm-hmm. right? And that was a turnover. Yes. Um, but he can. That was hold like his the own. one bad play he had. Yeah. Yeah, and perimeter defense too. Like he can just hold his own. That's why he's just so versatile because he has, uh, he's athletic and he's also very very quick. He's not as good lateral movement, but he can still stick with guys enough to make them have to work for it. So to have that because he had all the fouls going on, it's awesome. And DeAndre and the fouls bullshit fouls it's just one of those games it wasn't because i'm not just saying this because i'm a Suns fan we've we've watched those games even last year in the playoffs where deandre it's like what are you doing like that is you're 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 fouling them and you're calling the ref out saying it's not a foul it's a foul these ones were not fouls for sure three out of the four were not fouls so he didn't have to play and didn't even matter i mean deandre just he wasn't a factor in it because he didn't have to because of chris paul but it's just nice to know that we do have McGee, and then when McGee falls through, then you have Bismack, and that's something the Suns had prepared for this season going into the postseason. Yeah, and I think that the depth has been unbelievable. This is what we had in mind when James Jones put together this team, and when Bismack kind of was that final piece. You know, JaVale McGee, Bismack Biombo, two guys that last season I unbelievably wanted. I love seeing them be as productive as they are, and I love seeing Bismack play and get the opportunity to play just like Ish Wainwright. Ish Wainwright's another guy who obviously he came in at the end of the game. He hit a three, but he got some early minutes too, and I thought that was a nice wrinkle for Monty Williams. Like, let's add a little bit more uh, physicality out there, if you will. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't the great the greatest minutes from Ish Wainwright, but it was another interesting wrinkle. And that's what you can do when you're 15 deep, because that's what the Suns are. That's the advantage they have over the Dallas Mavericks. And that's why when you look at the Mavericks, you see the Denver Nuggets from last year, right? Except they don't have injuries like that team did. That's what I used to. Yeah, exactly. You, You know, it's a team that just doesn't have the depth, doesn't have the talent around Luka Doncic to truly stop the Phoenix Suns. Now, we, this is a long series. 
this could be this could go on for you know six seven games i don't know i don't see it going that far but you never know there might be adjustments in there but i just i don't see it with dallas i don't see it with their depth especially considering the depth of the phoenix suns Oh, I don't see it at all. But the thing is, is like when you're watching the game towards the end and, and Lucas sitting there with this evil grin on his face, you know, it puts a little bit of horror into me. Just a tiny bit. Just like, damn, dude, is this guy just going to take over next game on me? Everything I just said about him being out of shape and all this stuff, like, because he can. And I think it's kind of like the Kobe thing where it's like, remember when the Suns played in game seven, didn't shoot or whatever, but he was just a ball hog the whole series. Yes. That's I feel like Luca just has to just do even more. And he, he can't turn the ball over like he was, but he has to just take over. He has to shoot every time down the floor. He has to, like, get to the rim, draw the fouls if he can. Like, he has to be a pain in the ass next game for them to even have a chance to win the game. No, absolutely. But, again, more than anything, he needs his he needs his team to assist him. Because, once again tonight, his team couldn't come through because mm-hmm. the Phoenix Suns do a good job of closeouts. That's the difference between this and the, the Jazz series. I mean, I don't know how many of you watch that Jazz series, but I watched it plenty. And trust me, it's hard watching anybody play the Utah Jazz. They're a f- unfun team to watch. Just their jerseys alone. Their it's jerseys like, alone. I yeah, I just I can't deal colors, with them, You know, and the thing <laughs> that killed the Jazz in that series is Luka was doing what he's doing now, but he would do the kickouts and those guys would be wide open and the jazz didn't have the ability to recover on defense. I mean, we saw it in game one, the way that Mikhail bridges closed out on that one play where he was like halfway across the court and he still got the block. You know, those are the things that you just, you can't game plan for. And I think that the Phoenix suns against this team, their lack of athleticism, their lack of depth. I just, I can't see it necessarily being productive for the Dallas Mavericks. Now, when Luka Doncic is sitting on the sidelines, he's got that little evil grin. Do you think that's because he's tasting in his mouth some of Chris Paul's uh, fart? You can't no? get me. I'm not going to answer. You're going to do it, dude. I know <laughs> what you're going to do. I didn't get Matthew. <laughs> you, you have to do it. I know it's coming, so you got to switch it up somehow. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It. Doesn't I matter. still fell into it. I feel terrible about myself Damn again. It. Damn it. Okay. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So there I was <laughs> hanging out on the Suns on the Mavericks subreddit. This thing's gonna fall. This is my Princess Peach crown. Oh man, beautiful. So so there I was hanging out on the the Mavericks subreddit. And here's here's kind of here's kind of what they thought in this game. Go ahead and pull up the banner so people who if they're just tuning in know what the fuck we're doing. Uh one person said, I tried to warn y'all about Phoenix. They're so much better than us. Exact same start as last game. And again, that was one of the big things coming into this game. Yeah. The Dallas Mavericks said, Hey, in the last game they jumped on us. We weren't ready. We're gonna be ready in game two. They weren't. Nope. Already is a little bit more ready than theirs, I guess. A lot ready. A lot ready. So uh, let's see. Not starting Kleber is criminal at this point. <laughs> is it Kleba or Kleber? Uh, you know what? Who does Everyone he play says for? Maxi Kleba. Oh, Kleber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll just call him Maxi, man. All right. Maxi, Maxi. Maxi Pad, man. So not starting the Maxi man, Maxi Pad, is 
criminal at this point. Say what you want about Rick, referencing Rick Carlisle, their former head coach. Uh, but he made the needed lineup adjustments in a series. Kleba would have been sit would have been would have been starting last series. So they're pining for Kleba over how is Powell at this point. I don't know yeah. how he is either. You know what? I was I used to be scared of Powell a little bit until like now he's just getting dominated by even McGee. Like he just yeah. there's nothing he can do down there, man. And what do you have three thousand three minutes? Yeah. 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 All of them did. <laughs> Luca is another level. Please, please give this man a better constructed team. You literally have the Pat Mahomes of the NBA. I thought that was a very interesting observation. Do you think that Luka Doncic is the Pat Mahomes of the NBA? And if not, who is he? Um, well, Luca is not because Pat Mahomes won a Super Bowl. Luca hasn't really even won a. This True. is like he only won one series so far. True. He hasn't. Yeah, this yeah, this year. Yeah, this is the first series he won. Mm, I, I get it because of the passing. Um, who would he be in the NFL? Yeah, who would he be in the NFL? He would be um, Jerry Jones, for sure. <laughs> okay, good call. Both know. from Dallas. Yeah. Both from Dallas. Okay. Ooh, I like what B dude said. He's the Dak Prescott. I was gonna say that too. I could but I'm totally like, say that. That's a. I think that's because he chokes in the playoffs. Because he time, chokes in the what? playoffs, he 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 kind of whines a little bitch, or he's a little mm. bitch and he whines. I can yeah, kind of see not that. Really Ooh, Kyler bitch, Murray. Though. Kyler Murray complains a lot too. Kyler Murray has some of the worst body language I've ever seen, and he's my Disgusting. quarterback. Yeah. And Luka Doncic has some of the worst body language, and and Coach Fallen Founder says Lamar Jackson. That's another good call. He's another guy who has bad body language. Luca is not as bad as he was, though. Maybe because they're losing, it's not as bad. But he doesn't seem like he complains as much as he used to. I know he complains. No, but he, he he probably doesn't. But yeah, you're right. He said he I wasn't feel- on that JJ Reddick podcast. He said he was going to kind of stop because it looks bad. Yeah, but no one believed him. But I feel like he kind of has. I feel like he he definitely whines less, but I still notice it every time, and that's probably because I'm specifically for looking for us. Why do I feel bad for him? And then All we right. get into the fouling. This is good for us. Let it be a foul fest. And then somebody's like, you get a foul. You get a foul. Look under her seat. You get a foul. Yeah. And the, and the rant went on. This is ridiculous. I don't think I've ever seen so many whistles. Foul here, foul there. I just want the fouls to stop on both sides. Seriously, please refs might need to get fresh whistles wearing them out uh so if you look at the foul i mean that was a big part of the narrative especially in the second and third quarter if you look at through the first three quarters of this game right total 60 minutes were played uh personal fouls let's see here hold on pulling it up 22 to 2100 yeah 43 there was 21 fouls in the first game there was 43 through three in this one Talk about how horrible this game was to watch simply due to the fact that the that Tony Brothers clearly was not hugged enough as a child and wanted attention. Like I said at the Twitter space, Scott Foster's out there like singing along the Jack Harlow songs now because he was caught on audio saying, who the hell's Jack Harlow after he was introduced in the crowd in a recent game? And Tony Brothers isn't getting that love and it's clearly hurting his feeling and he wants attention. Yeah, I'll say this again. After the Suns, if they win a chip... I'm done. I think because basketball is just you have these moments where you're just like, what am I doing? Why am I watching this kind of game when they're going back and forth with whose whistles the loudest? I don't understand. Like it just <laughs> it takes away from the game so much. I just I do feel like that. I'm like if the Suns can win a chip. I'm just I think I'm done with basketball, man. I'll go to the games. 
I do the podcast, but I'm not watching any basketball gonna, anymore. You're going to be very boring to talk to on the podcast. I'll just have you uh, photocopy your uh, notes, send them over. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Email, fax them to me. Uh, Jay Crowder, Gator Tail Hair Ass, won't talk as much on a lottery team. Let's face it, old bitch ass. That's what one Redditor <laughs> said. <laughs> Y'all don't want to he... hear it. Go ahead. Oh, he got a technical too, didn't he? Yes, he did. He could have got, so got a second oh, one. He could have got a second one. He earned one when he closed out on Jalen Brunson, stood over him, and talked shit to him. That's when that mm-hmm. comment from a Redditor came out. Y'all oh, don't want to hear it, but Bridges is making Luca his fucking bitch right now. Oh, that's why we drafted him, dude. Amen. We got the one-two then, punch for Luca. And then you had CP3 go crazy in the fourth quarter. One Redditor. The hatred I have for Chris Paul could probably turn a light on. Fucking bis- bitch-ass midget Dwayne Wade. <laughs> <laughs> the hatred that they had could turn a light on. That's yeah. a great phrase. I that love this good. stuff that it sounds out because I'm learning all these new phrases to just express things. It's great. Man, if I was have... watching, if I was the opposing team and I was watching uh, Chris Paul walk around with his big butt, I would be so mad too. Oh, man. I'd be so pissed. I'd be so pissed. Big midget butt. And then somebody else said, crazy how the CP3 contract or that crazy how CP3 was worth his contract. I love that. Amen. Even more. Uh, they are too good. Brent Brunson can't do anything against their length. Spencer and Bertans produce less than KP in a wheelchair. And Carlisle is not our coach. Genuinely embarrassing showing. And then the, the last comment from the subreddit stakeout, the meanest comment, if you will. I hope Booker and Paul never win a championship. That's just mean, man. Please. That's just mean. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right. I hope you all like that. <laughs> that was beautiful, man. Uh, I look so much better good. with a hat on, don't I, Jamsters? I, I, I love hats. No, I like what God gave you. No, I, he didn't give me much hair on top. I'll tell you that. That's for That's damn sure. Uh, let's see. What else do I have here? to discuss from this game from scrolling back up 22 fouls um, Bismack. one one thing of note is the the Mavericks went 15 and uh of or went on a 15-6 run when Luka was out in the second quarter that's one of those things that we have to do a better job of in Dallas is the Luka minutes sitting on the bench is uh that, that's got to be big. That's going to be one of my main adjustments looking into game three is the, the minutes when Luke is on the bench, you have to dominate those minutes. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't scare me as much. I know like the the our bench has to play better defensively and offensively. Payne needs to do a better job with that unit still in the first half. But the thing is, I, I just feel like Luca being on the bench, not on the bench, I don't think there's much of a difference. Does that make any sense? Like, I just don't fear Luca. Like if it were um, like the way that freaking Brandon Ingram was playing last, last when he was on the bench and the Suns couldn't last with their bench unit. Yeah. And then he came back in. You're like, dude, Brandon Ingram's on the bench. We got to get these points. We got to start getting that lead, that 10 point lead or so. And then Ingram comes back in and just dominates. Like, I don't feel that same kind of domination from Luca. You know what I mean? I don't feel yeah. dominated as much. You know, so I'm just I'm just annoyed more than anything because of the high usage rate. Uh, I like what Shine back Shinebach Shinebach says in the chat. 
I still don't think campaign is playing good basketball. No, it's we, not. we touched on this during our Twitter space. So we're a reminder, everybody subscribe rate review while you're here, but also go follow us on Twitter at sun's jam. Cause we do live Twitter spaces. And if you have thoughts and opinions and you want to contribute to that conversation, you just got to request to speak. We'll give you the mic. Tell us what you're viewing. It's, it's very fun. Uh, but tell us what you think about Cameron Payne's performance uh, tonight and thus far in the series and thus far in the playoffs. And just to give everyone kind of an overview, two or four from the field in 12 minutes played in this game, uh, four total points, four assists, and a turnover. Uh, just like DeAndre Ayton, when we talk about, hey, can he be more aggressive? Like when DeAndre Ayton's not playing well, it's like be more aggressive, dunk the ball, all this bullshit we throw out there, like trying to make him a different player. I'm not trying to make Cameron Payne or Landry Shaman a different player, but they have to get it together to where we trust them. And they have, like I said before, like that swagger on the court, mm-hmm. the thing when they come in, where we used to be like, yes, Cameron Payne's coming in. And then Shamit, we never felt that way, but Cameron Payne, we always felt really comfortable with them. We got to feel that again, because when he's back on the court, we just don't know what to expect. So of course, if the Suns do win the series in four or five, the next series against, you know, teams like Memphis Grizzlies or Golden State Warriors, those are two teams where it's just like, dude, they they hit on all cylinders. They have a lot of guys in there that have a lot of quote unquote swagger, whatever. Yeah. They need to match that with you their second unit with Cameron Payne. They have to have that where Cameron Payne is comfortable on the court with himself. And you know, garbage time, I think he had a few points, but he just he needs it in the we need it in the first half because it depends when we're playing this Mavericks team right now. Of course, we can get away with them bleeding at halftime. It'd be a close game. But these other teams, it'll be like the Mavericks shooting those threes times two. You know what I mean? I'm not saying the Mavericks can go off from three, but they can go on some runs and they can tear, they can go up quick if you don't watch it. So we need that from Cameron Payne to match their energy going into the next series. And I don't want to get too far ahead. I'm just saying that's what I wanted yeah. to see this series. Well, yeah, I want to see some improvement from campaign because he had a bad series against the uh the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, there's just, there's no two ways about it. You know, campaign who played fantastic in the bubble, who was really an integral part of the playoff run last season. Uh, if you look at what he's done thus far in the playoffs and you look at that, uh, that series against the Pelicans, you know, he ended that series shooting a total of 16.7% from beyond the arc. He had, 31% from the field total, you know, 5.7 points per game, but he really struggled to get there, you know, and nine points in game one, he's got four points in game two. Like we're just, and and I've said it and I'll say it again. He will earn his, his drop back. And I like his drop that we created for him here on the sun's jam session podcast. He'll earn it back when he puts up 15 points, but you're right. It's the energy level that he's bringing in. It's a discombobulated energy. It's not consistent energy. It's more of him trying to seek out fouls, seeking out content, complaining to the refs a little bit. Like he needs to focus in and try to run that offense. Because to your point, if we advance to the Western Conference Finals, campaign's going to be a vital part of getting this team to an NBA Finals appearance again. He's just got to be. You have to have that sustained offense and you have to have that guy who can who can run that offense when CP three and book are not on the floor. Landry Shamit's looking a little bit better. His shots are starting to fall. Uh, I like the way that he's, he played, at least he played good defense in the last series campaign has just been kind of discombobulated on both ends of the court. And he's got an opportunity to correct that issue, but it's got to start now. It's got to start now. 
It does. Uh, and also, Blue Gold did say in the chat the campaign has played bad all season. There was a time, though, this season where he did look like our future point guard. Remember, I remember yeah. our podcast, PHNX, even talked about it where they were talking about, and we talked about, like, hey, yeah, when Chris Paul leaves, here we go. This is our point guard. Like, we saw that from him. So we do need that. And really quick, Gary Payton was on uh, the podcast with, um, with Ryan, Ryan Rosillo, and he was talking about, like, when guys get into games, and they have a couple minutes here or there. Like, they don't know if they're going to get more minutes or not. Like, they worry about that stuff. It's on their yeah. mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, I, and I think Cameron Payne, of course, in his head, he's just like, I have to make sure that I get plus minutes before Chris Paul comes in. And I think that's really affecting him mentally. I just think that's a big issue with him, mental. That's just something he's always had. So he needs to get over that somehow. It might be not till the end of the season, but he, he needs to get over it quick, I think, for the Suns to succeed. No, I completely agree. And he needs to you know, lock in, you know, so you, you look at kind of that stretch when CP three was out, right. You know, he camp campaign was averaging, you know, like 16 points a game and, and a bunch of assists, you know, I mean, yeah. he had a game, he, he had a 17 point 16 assist performance against the Knicks. Uh, he went for, you know, nine and 11, 11 and 10, 18 and 12. I mean, so he had, he's, he's shown this season, his confidence is what drives him to success. And he, I just feel right now he's just not, playing confident enough so again there is time but we need to start seeing it now versus later because i, I we don't need to see him struggle in the western conference final. no jam star of the game all right champs there's a reminder subscribe rate review Hit the join button if you want to become an elite jamster to get exclusive content from the Suns Jam Session podcast. And if you are listening to the pod, please stop by Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and give us five stars. Again, we'll read it right here on the pod. Let us know if you are watching along live who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, I'm going to go first this time. It is CB3. All right. Matthew Chris Paul Lissy, huh? Damn, that dude. <laughs> Just amazing. Nothing else what to a say fourth, about him, man. man. Just what a fourth. Like, you know, the, the game, <sighs> we, we were winning. We were up by six points. So we were up 99 to 96. Luca hit that three and got it down to six points. And then Chris Paul happened. And then and, 95, yeah. You know, and, and just, and Chris Paul said it in the post-game interview on the sideline. You know, the, the question was something along the lines of, you know, how do you, do this how do you execute this he goes good question you know well it's like and, and pretty much his response paraphrased by myself is i play the entire game and i watch the entire game and what he's saying by saying that is i'm looking for any opportunity i can and i'm playing chess the entire time and when that time comes when i see luke out there and he's huffing and puffing and we've worked his ass into uh a dough ball. Now I'm going to attack him on defense on every possession and I'm just going to own him. And Chris Paul hits unbelievably tough shots. I mean, he had like a 20 footer where I was like, why is he taking that shot? Nothing but that. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's the point. God, you think it's going in. I've never had, even with Booker, how great of a shooter he is. Like he Booker's very streaky, right? Very underrated shooter, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, According, According to, to Reggie, Reggie Miller. Miller. Yeah. Um, but even Chris hold on, Paul, hold on, hold, like, hold on just real, real quick. Reggie says, Reggie says yes. that Tevin Booker is a very <laughs> streaky shooter. He's an underrated and, uh, shooter. But Chris Paul's another level where you just think if it doesn't go in, it's crazy. It's a bad game by Chris Paul. He misses three shots. It's like, what the hell's wrong with this dude? So we're just used to it always going in. Nothing but net. 
It's beautiful, especially in that fourth. Yes. Game. It's just beautiful. All right. Next up for the Phoenix Suns, it's going to be a Friday night game, game three. Any adjustments that you can see either the Suns making or the Mavericks making? Um, well, it's funny because we actually hit on one thing we thought they were – we talked about last pod where they would crash the boards more. It wasn't a thing. They didn't. No. Um, well, they so couldn't I don't know. when we made everything. Well, I think because the Suns got too quickly, right? If you're if you're crashing the boards and we got the ball, then it's over. Because the way we facilitate the ball in the full court offense when we're running the fast break, it's it's unstoppable. So maybe that's why they're looking out for that. I just think the only thing that is left is Luca just taking over to an insane level. Come back with the complaining. Make sure that he is crying just a little bit. Cry a little bit on the court, Luca. It might help you win a game. I'm being serious. Like he might have to start crying a little bit. Uh, for the Dallas Mavericks, he's already win. he's already fist pumping the refs. Like now he's got to uh, literally like yeah, just, like, cry on their shoulder. Yeah, and like talking shit with everybody. That's normal. You walk into that stadium, you're you're with everybody. Even the hot dog guy, you're gonna fucking yell at him. Be like, what the fuck, you piece of trash. Like that's what you'd say to the hot dog guy because it's American food, right? But it's the one where if you choke on it, you might fucking die. So why are they serving that to everybody? It doesn't make any sense. And Luca <laughs> needs to take over. But for the Suns. It's only it comes down to Cameron Payne. I know the foul trouble was like tonight, but it wasn't like bad fouls. It wasn't fouls where it was like, what the hell are you doing, DeAndre? Aiden will have a good game next game. Cameron Payne, that's all I'm looking for, really. It's a good Cameron Payne game and yep. Cameron Johnson to continue his effort like he had in the second half. Yeah, yeah. The first half, obviously, due to the foul trouble and the bad four minutes he had in the first quarter. Uh, but he got cooking in the second half. I wonder what the shit talking was like. Cause I, I know when Lu- Luca was a rookie. You and I went to the first game that he played yeah. uh, against Phoenix, and we had some really nice seats. We were down there center court, probably six or seven rows up. Uh, buddy at work gave me some great seats, uh, Blue Moon Lounge or whatever. And remember how unmerciful the fans around there were talking shit to Luca every time he walked up the court? There was one guy who was just roasting him. And I'm sure, yeah. there, was, I'm sure there was a lot of that uh, tonight. You know, Luca this, grabbed his crotch, too. I remember yeah, that that's, part. Yeah, I yeah, remember Adam, that, too. Yeah. At the end of the game. <laughs> Um, you know, this series is shifting to Dallas. Okay. So their bench is going to get a bump. Now, granted, it's not a deep bench, but their bench is going to get a bump. Every time one of those three pointers come in, that place is going to go crazy at American Airlines center. And the Suns just have to sustain the emotion and use it as fuel to the fire. And we have a great team to do that And Devin Booker and Chris Paul, you know, they can set the tone. And I look for, you know, when it comes to adjustments, I really think that the Dallas Mavericks are going to have to do something to try to the, just defensively. They can't hang with the Suns. They can't stop our ball movement. They can't stop the way that we close out on defense and and at least get a hand in the face of their shooters. So you're right. It's going to have to be a nuclear performance by Luka Doncic, and he's going to need assistance again tonight. Spencer Denwitty. Three of 10 from the field. Jalen Brunson, three of 12 from the field. That's six for 22 combined from the two guys who are supposed to give him offensive assistance. It's just not going to, it's not going to hold up. Reggie Bullock, he went for 36 minutes. He had 16 points. Uh, But other than Luka going for 35, Bullock having 16, and Spencer Dinwiddie having 11, no one else was in double figures for this team. It's yep. going to be hard. Where do they get the, the offense from? That's the challenge. It's going to be Luka or what? Now it'll happen. They will have a game where, especially at home, you're going to see a lot of engagement. You're going to see guys' confidence rise. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, if we get a Scott Foster game, then they'll definitely win. You know, Yeah, so. they'll, they'll win that one for sure. Um, but uh, just really quick, too, 
Oh yeah, get those Fs. You know, it's funny. I was gonna have it behind me to show everybody, but you already got it. For those of you who are listening, I just pulled up a graphic of some T-shirts that we made here at the Suns Jam Session podcast. I know everybody loves the "fuck Jay Crowder" shirts. We got "fuck Scott Foster" shirts available at our Redbubble shop in purple and orange and black and white and all the colors of the rainbow. So, uh, yeah, wear those unless unless we beat him, then it's fine. But uh, you know, it just shows like no one really watches the Suns. Jeff Van Gunny, Mike V Hills just said on Twitter. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy on low post said that the Suns don't have the personnel to attack individual bad defenders. I was just reading this. It's like, like, what? does anybody watch the Suns? I don't think anybody still watches the Suns. <laughs> I, no one, and I don't expect everyone to watch every game. Of course, it's impossible, but like, just don't say something. Like, even on this podcast, if I talk about a team and I don't know, like Brunson, I went off for how long and I was like, oh, yeah, him coming off the bench. And you call me out on that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that—that that needs to happen on podcasts. It's like, are you sure you know what you're talking about? So, anyways, <laughs> where were we? Oh, it's already one hour, dude. Really? Dang. Oh man, yeah. I was like, I was like reading Twitter while you were talking out here. We're just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> I, I mean, what an amazing game! Enjoy these games, oh, Suns fans. Yes. These are the fun ones. After that series we had with New Orleans, where everything's cla- scratch and claw and struggle, we beat the shit out of this team in Game One, and then. We didn't let up in game two. We should be feeling good about ourselves. We're going to Dallas. It's TCOB. Take care of business there and turn this team into uh, the Denver Nuggets from last year and beat them in four. I'm all for that. Yeah, I'm all for it too, man. Let's just one more loss. Let's save it for the Western Conference Finals, right? Just one more loss until the no finals. More loss. So, no more losses the rest of the season. How about that? Okay. Love let's that. Just, let's do great. that. Save it for the finals. One loss there. No, no Man, losses. What am I talking? Just yeah, no losses. Shut the fuck up, Matthew. Just... Why do I want a loss? I have no idea. You're like, yeah, <laughs> that way I'm right. I just want to. I want to be right. That's why. <laughs> well, on that note, Jamsters, thank you for joining the Suns Jam Session Podcast, the best post game podcast on Planet Orange. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew at Matthew Lucy. And you can follow the show at Suns Jam. Again, join us on our Twitter spaces uh, live at halftime. And then, of course, here at the end of every game. We'll see you on Friday night. Go Suns, baby. Go Suns. Go home and love your family. Beep.